and texting me and saying, well, where do I get the song? Where do I get that song? Um, and so we put it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And if you go to Where the Rain Ends, uh, Jen Nyer, it'll just come up. And, you know, I put it on my Facebook uh, page yesterday, and a lot of my friends grabbed them, and put it on their Facebook pages, and I was able to read what people had said. A lot of people in Florida, California, all around the country um, who posted it, and then their friends were firing back, you know, how it made them feel, uh, that song made them feel. And I was just so encouraged because, you know, it's something that is, is birthed here at Grace Chapel, and, but the heart behind this series and behind this song is to really reach out to folks who are going through a cha- maybe a challenging time in their life or someone who knows someone else who's facing a challenge, in their, because we're all facing challenges at one time or another at different levels. And so I really want to encourage you, because uh, a lot of you have asked me, um, you know, my daughter, my, my mom, my, my uncle, my friend, uh, you know, how do we get this song? Just tell them to go to, uh, to YouTube, uh, Where the Rain Ends, and, uh, and Jen Nyer, N-E-Y-E-R, and just click on that, and it'll, it'll play that song for you with the video. Um, but uh, it's been really encouraging so far, this series, and the, the response I've gotten, even from last, year's, last week's sermon, Um, and also the song. It's been encouraging to hear so many of you saying, you know what, there's so many people around me who need to hear the things that we're talking about during this series. And so this morning, we're going to continue our series, Where the Rain Ends, and we're going to talk about uh, someone to me who is just an exceptional woman, an exceptional woman, Jochebed. Now, some of you are thinking, most of you are thinking, Jacahu. I mean, wait a second. You know, Elijah, okay, we kind of knew a little bit about him, but Jacobed? Um, Jacobed uh, is, is, uh, is Moses' mother. Most people would acknowledge Jacobed as Moses' mother. But before we get into this, I just want to make this little disclaimer. There are people who would argue that Jacobed was not Moses' mother, um, the, uh, the name Jacobed. And uh, just, just for, for us this morning... Uh, there's, there's, geneal- there's genealogy arguments that say, well, I don't like, you know, so the scholars get together and not really sure. For, our, for us this morning in our study, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. What we're talking about here is the mother of Moses, the person, the mother of Moses. So uh, regardless of her name, you can learn so, we can learn so much about the power of love and the power of faith in, in overcoming adversity from the mother of Moses. It, 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 incredible time for me as a pastor to kind of look into this, uh, this obscure person in the Bible and to see so much rich um, uh, heritage there, to see so much that I can glean myself. Even as a, and as a, man, as a man, you may be sitting back and go, oh, Jacob, you know, you know, Moses' mother, what are we going to learn about her? And maybe you turn yourself off. No, don't do that. Because there's so much that we can learn from, from Jacobed for all of us. doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Like I said, Jacobed is a somewhat obscure character in the Bible. Um, but that doesn't mean that, uh, that we can't learn from her. She is a wonderful example to each one of us. She has, she, what she has gone through and what she did is such a great example to each one of us. Jacobed means Jehovah is her glory. Jehovah is her glory. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about her physical appearance, um, but it tells us what a wonderful mother she was. 
what an incredible person she was, what an incredible woman of faith she was, and that she lived her family, she and her family lived during a very difficult time of, of Jewish history. They went through a very, very difficult time. You know, there's ebbs and flows, ups and downs in Jewish history. Well, Jochebed lived in one of those down times, those really difficult times. But again, she was an incredible mother. I think all of us recognize uh, the influence, the impact that moms have on us uh, in our early development, especially. I mean, the, the, the kind of things they teach us. There are things we would never learn if our mothers didn't teach us these things. And I want to share, I want to share five great truths about life that our mothers, mostly our mothers, had taught us. Number one. No matter how hard you try, you can't baptize a cat. Okay, that's something your mother would teach you, okay? Well, don't, don't, hide, don't, hide, don't sneeze when you're hiding. That's something else your mom would teach you when you're playing hide-and-go-seek, okay? Never trust the family dog to watch your food. That's something mom would teach you. You do it one time, you kind of learn that. You can't hide your broccoli in a glass of milk. That's something else my mother taught me. Tried it, didn't work. And the greatest place to be when you're going through a difficult time, when you're sad in your heart, is on your mother's lap. Those are things that moms teach us. They teach us those things. We need to learn early in childhood. We learn so much. We, are, we build, we really build a lot of our character from one to three, four, five years old. And the person who's investing in our lives the most in those, in those times, that's our mom. That's our mother. You know, when we read about the, the account of Moses' childhood and Moses' birth, we, we glean so much. It's easy for us to discern the godly influence that Jacobed had on Moses. It's easy for us to see it. So whether you're a father or a mother here this morning, Jacobed, her story teaches us that parenting, parenting is seeing the potential through challenging circumstances. That's one of the first things she teaches us, that parenting is, is seeing the potential in those around you through challenging circumstances. Now, you in your life right now may be facing some challenging circumstance. I know you are. I know a lot of you are. You're going through some real challenge in your family right now. But God's word tells us that the season of life that you're going through right now is not the last chapter in your family's story. Let me say that again. The season that you're going through right now is not the last chapter in your family's story. God can do amazing things and will do amazing things in your life if you come and you hold on to and you cling to him. My friends, we need to have a relationship with Christ if that rain is going to end. We need to have that relationship with God. But as we have that relationship with God, our, the last chapter of our story has not been written yet. You know, just a, a quick encouragement for, for some of you who've gone through challenges in your family, whether whatever it be, divorce or, the de or death or some, whatever happened in your family that, that, sh that you struggled through. You have to remember that, that God is not finished with you yet. And God can work out all these things in your life to his glory. And God can use you to build a legacy in your family. And God can over, help you overcome the mistakes you made within your family. And all the things that you've struggled with and you've worked through and areas that you feel ashamed of, and you, can, you can find restoration. God can restore your relationship in your marriage. He can restore your relationship with your children. He can restore all of these things. And regardless of how someone else tries to make it twist and turn, God can bring it back to his glory and to your benefit. 
Your story, your last, your last chapter, last chapter of your story has not yet been written. Even during trying times, Jacobet was able to see, she was able to envision the potential of Moses. She could see, she could see through it all. The Bible says that Jacobet, when she saw Moses, she said he was a fine child. He was a fine child. She could see past it all, through all the stress. She was able to see something unique, uniquely special in her little boy. Parents can do that. I remember when, uh, when our daughter Jen was born. Kim was, Kim was born first, and you know I remember Kim's birth and everything, and, and I remember Kim's little face coming out. And when Jen was born, uh, Kim was a C-section, Jen was natural. And uh, Jen was, Kim was 714 C-section, and Jen was 98 natural, 17 hours, I think it was. Um, so it was a long, long time. And, uh, and when Jen was being born, when Jen's head was out, I, I said in the room to Deb, I said, it's a girl, you know, it's a girl. And the, and the doctors and nurses were all saying, oh, no, 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 you can't, you know, you can't tell, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you folks blind? Something wrong with you? I mean, you, get, get your glasses on. It's a girl. I said, I walked up there, I said, Deb, it's a girl. It's a girl. And they were like, oh, you can't. Of course, she was a girl. I knew, I knew she was a fine child. She was a fine looking child. Well, she looked just like Kim. That's why I was like, she looks just like Kim. So I knew it was a girl. Parents can see certain things in their children. Jacobed could see beyond it's a girl, it's a boy. Jacobed could see that her child was unique. There was something different about Moses. The Bible says that, that Moses, there was a uniqueness in his infancy. And it says that in three different places. Right here in our text, it says it first, uh, that, that he was uh, unique. And then it says it in Acts chapter 7 and verse 20. And then Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 20, it says Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. And then it also says that in Hebrews 11, it says Moses' parents saw that he was no ordinary child. Now, do you see the spiritual potential in your children? Think about it. Do you, when, you, when you look at your children, you're raising your children, are you looking at it with a spiritual mind? Can you see the spiritual potential in your child? Now, I know a lot of us can see the, the athletic potential in our children. We, we kind of point that out. We kind of nurture that athletic ability. Like Joshua, for example, could hit a, a wiffle ball 75 feet when he was three years old. Not bragging, just stating the fact. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I can see that in him. But, you know, honestly, my focus is not really on his baseball prowess. It really is more on where is he spiritually? How has God developed him and uniquely gifted him spiritually? How can he, how can I nurture that in Joshua? We can use those gifts. Instead of thinking, you know, what, what scholarship he's going to get here and what's his signing bonus going to be when he plays for the Reds, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, you gotta, I'm thinking more, what unique spiritual gifts and abilities has God given Joshua so that he can use those and I can nurture those so he can build the kingdom of God. As parents, that's what we need to be doing. That's what Jacobet was doing. She could see, she could see the spiritual influence that Moses could have even in his infancy. Jacobet sensed that her son was destined to play a major role in God's future plans for, for her country, for her people, the Hebrews. She could sense it. She could see beyond the circumstances to where the rain ends and God's light shines. She could see it. She could sense it. During the time that, that Jacobet and her family was alive, like I said earlier, they were, they were, uh, they were actually Hebrew. They were going through a difficult time. They were slaves. They were slaves in Egypt. 
And Jacob and their family were the slaves of Pharaoh, and he treated them cruelly. I mean, they were cruel. There was a lot of cruelty going on. In Exodus chapter 1 and verse 14, that's where we are this morning in, in the book of Exodus, and we'll go through it. In Exodus chapter 1 and verse 14, it tells us, they made their lives bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. The Bible tells us that Pharaoh began to feel threatened by the Hebrews. He was feeling threatened by them. Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Then a new king who did not know about Joseph came into power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. Their numbers were exploding. They were just exploding. And so Pharaoh was becoming concerned that, you know, if they continued to explode, that the Hebrews would basically outnumber the Egyptians and that would be a problem for him. Pharaoh was afraid if there were too many Hebrews in the country, they would rise up. And so what he did was he wanted to kind of end this numbers thing that was going on. And he, what he did was he issued a decree that, that, that you would kill all baby Hebrew boys, any infant boys who were born, any boys that were born would be killed. So this was a decree that, that he laid out in Exodus chapter 1, verse 16. When you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on their delivery stool, if it's, a, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. Now, thankfully, many of the midwives uh, did not listen to the Pharaoh's decree and wouldn't do it. They, they wouldn't do it. But the story of Jacobet teaches us that the many storms of life the many, many of the storms of life that we go through are not our fault. You know, as I was reading through this, and I'm trying to pull out, you know, what, what does this teach us? What does Jacob teach us about life? And, and the reality is many of the things that we go through, many of the struggles that we face, much of the suffering that we go through in our lives, it's not our fault. Jacob is in the middle of a crisis, not of her own making. She did nothing to usher this into her life. She did nothing to bring it into her life. But at the same time, she, she handled it with grace and with courage. Some of you are going through some difficulties in your life right now, not of your own making. And Jacobed teaches us how to handle those with grace and with courage. How do we handle adversity? How do we handle the things that come into our lives not of our own making? Do we see it through the eyes of faith like Jacobed, or do we, do we get frustrated about it? Or, uh, do we feel like we've been cheated? And then we, we take that and we kind of, we lash out at everyone and everything around us. You know, I've been dealt a bad hand here in life, and I'm going to, I'm so frustrated about it, I'm going to take it out on everyone and everything around me. How do you handle the difficulties that you face in life? See, Jacobet teaches us how to handle some of these frustrations. How we, how we, how we instead of focusing on the, the temporal, we focus on the eternal. We see God's bigger plan and we see how God can move. And we allow God to make those moves instead of shutting him out and shutting everyone else out. And, and actually, um, you know how it says hurt, um, hurt people hurt people? Instead of, instead of a hurt person hurting someone else, you basically take a step back and say, God, how can you help me overcome the challenges that have been brought into my life? I heard someone say, when life gives you lemons, please don't squeeze, squeeze them in other people's eyes. 
I love that. I read that. I was like, that's, that's exactly right. When life gives you lemons, please don't squirt them in other people's eyes. Because that's what we do sometimes. You know, I got lemons. Everyone's going to feel it. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to poison everyone. or I'm going to squirt that in people. I'm just going to. I'm so frustrated and so angry. But then what you're doing is, yes, you've been dealt this hand. Yes, this is coming to your life. Yes, it isn't fair. It isn't fair. I totally agree. But then what do you do with it is the question. My wife asked the question. My wife's been through some horrible circumstances in her life growing up. But then she always says when someone goes through something and she, we, and she says to me, you know, now what? I know, I, and, you, and you cry with the person, you pray with the person, but then the question boils down to now what? Now what? Yes, horrible situation. Yes, you've been dealt it. Yes, it's not your fault, but now what? Now what do you do with what you've been dealt? You know, the story of Job gives us another picture of a woman, his wife, who uh, handled her situation of you know, suffering and difficulty um, and adversity, not, not like Jacobet. In, in Job chapter 2, verse 9, um, we read this. His wife said to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. That's how she handled it. Get those lemons, baby. <laughs> Squeeze them on everybody. And I understand it's a horrible situation they are facing. Curse God and die. How do we handle? How do we handle it when we lose a job, for example? How do we handle it when we uh, when we when we when we have a broken relationship? How do we handle it when we have a, a physical illness? That again, it's not your fault. It just you didn't you didn't ask for this. You didn't invite this into your life. It just happened. How do we handle these things when you know we face struggles every day that are no fault of our own? They're, they're not your fault. The question is, how do you stand up under the pressure? How do you stand up under, under all the stress? You know, a very quick little plug here. Um, you, need, you need someone you can confide in. You need someone you can talk to. You need someone you can share with when you're going through difficulties in life. You need some people that are going to come around you and pray for you and, and support you. You need someone who you can go to and just kind of just spill your guts is a good way to put it. And the way you find that is through a life group, getting connected in the church through a life group, a group of people who will be around you, come around you during the difficult challenges of life. You can't face these challenges alone. You need other people who will love you and support you and pray for you. And honestly, maybe someone in the group who you can get alone and just, and just spill it. Let it all out. Things you're, I cannot believe, how could God, and I don't understand, and that person this, and, and you know, it's, let's, you know, we need people in our lives to just let us spew, word vomit, whatever you want to call it. We all need those folks. You find them in a small group. You find them in a life group. I want to encourage you to get involved in one, and there's information in the foyer out here on one of these tables, those yellow sheets of paper of where the life groups are. Make sure you're connecting to a life group because that is going to help you in your, in your relationship with God and also in overcoming the stresses and, and difficulties of life. So the Bible says that Jochebed gave birth to Moses. When she gave birth to Moses, she, she hid him. She hid him. She hid him out for three months. So she was hiding him for three months. She concealed him. Exodus 2, 1 and 2 says, Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now, as I read this, I thought to myself, can you um, put yourself in her place? You moms especially. Moms I and mean, dads too, because you, you, you know, when you have kids, it's hard for you as well in the morning, I mean at night and things like that. Not as difficult. But if you're a mom, okay, you're a Jacobed now. And now you have, to, you, have, you, you have this baby boy, 
and they're killing all the baby boys. So you have to hide him and keep him quiet. Can you imagine trying to keep your infant child quiet so that the Egyptians don't hear him and find out that you had a baby? Can you imagine? I mean, just think with me for a second at night. Laying, do you, when do you get some sleep? Honestly, not just, not just when your baby is sleeping, but the, the, con, the thought that what if he wakes up and starts to cry? I don't hear him fast enough. Someone hears him. So at night, you're, just, you're, you're really not sleeping that well. Um, how about anticipating when he's going to be hungry instead of letting him cry and let you know he's hungry so then you can feed him? And how about when he's sick? I'm telling you, we have two infant boys. We have two baby boy. I'm a grandfather of two baby boys right now, okay? My little grandsons. I can't imagine trying to keep those two quiet so no one knows they're around. You know what I mean? When they're sick, they're groaning and they're crying out loud. When they're hungry, they're crying even louder. At night, I'm not there at night, but, you know, I hear that the girls, you know, look all, you know, glassy-eyed and, you know, red bloodshot eyes. They're not getting a lot of sleep because they have little infant boys. Can you just imagine what Jochebed was going through? She must have gone to incredible lengths to keep Moses quiet, always at the same time fearing some Egyptian soldier or whoever would, would hear him and then kill her child. She was willing to risk her own life for the life of her son. You see, Jacobed teaches us that the, to, to master adversity, this is important, to master adversity, you need to master your fear. You can't tell me this woman wasn't afraid. You can't tell me a lot of other parents in that time just basically were so afraid they didn't do the same thing. In order to master your adversity, you need to learn to master your fear. You know, each time we face fear, we gain strength, we gain courage, we gain confidence in that challenge. God allows us to grow in that way. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. After three months, Jochebed knew she could no longer keep Moses hidden. So she goes through all this and she realized, I can't, I can't keep this boy hidden forever. In Exodus 2, 3, and 4, it tells us, but when she had, when she could no longer, uh, when he, she could no longer, I'm sorry, but when she could hide him no longer. She got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put him along in the reeds in the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now, you probably know the rest of the story here. You basically have uh, the daughter of Pharaoh uh, discovers Moses in the reeds and she, and she takes him for her very own. So she, you got the daughter of Pharaoh, she takes him for herself. Then Miriam... Um, Miriam, Moses' sister, asked the princess if she would like her to find someone to nurse this newfound baby that she has, Moses. And of course, the, the princess says, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. And so she, who does she go and get? She goes and gets Jochebed. Okay, so you got, you got that going on. I, this is, I love this. So Moses got to go home, okay? Moses got to go home and live openly with his mother until he was weaned, which in biblical times was like two or three years old. Now, this part I found just amazing. Uh, this I love when I read this. Um, and especially when I, when I was, when I, every, every time I go through this, it gives me kind of goosebumps. Exodus 2, 7 through 9 tells us this. And I'm going to kind of read through something we talked about already and get to my point. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. 
I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Pharaoh's daughter ended up paying Jochebed to nurse Moses. So, I mean, you see God's hand working in all of this. Her faith, she was faithful and God blessed her in her faithfulness. And not only does does her baby get to live, but then she gets to keep Moses for a few more years without any fear of anyone noticing he's there because now she has a princess. And the princess says, you take care of not knowing your son and I'll pay you to do it. The story of Jacobed teaches us that there is blessing, my friends. There is blessing when we trust God through suffering. There's blessing when we trust God through suffering. It's so easy for me as the pastor to say and so difficult for all of us to do. Because when we're going through it, when we're going through that loss of that job and it's going on for months and maybe even over a year, holy mackerel, it is tough to have faith. It is tough not to be frustrated. It is tough not to to lash out and, and just, it's difficult, easy to say, very difficult to do. And so don't be down on yourself. Don't get frustrated with yourself. You know what I mean? Just realize you're human. But if you, if you can stand up as best you can under it, and at the end of the day, you can stand before God and say, God, I trust you. I'm frustrated. I'm just sharing my heart. I'm sharing my frustration. But I trust you. I do trust you. God will do amazing things in your life. God will bless you in amazing ways. Barbara Bloom wrote this. When the Japanese men broke in objects, they aggrandized the damage by filling the cracks with gold. They believe that when something suffered damage and has a history, it becomes more beautiful. Sounds like you and me, doesn't it? Suffered some damage, has a little bit of a history. Doesn't it sound like us? You've suffered damage, my friends. I know you have. I know you have in ways that some people will never know. Things that you can't even talk about. You've suffered damage. You have a history. But God can make you more beautiful. God can bring beauty out of the ashes. God can turn things around in your life and take what people meant for harm in your life and turn it into something so good. You know, when we stand under the weight of adversity, God strengthens our character. He strengthens our ability to stand up under it even, even the, the ones that are coming, the difficulties that are coming, God strengthens us. You see, we become more valuable for the kingdom of God, believe it or not. When you go through a difficulty and God helps you get through that difficulty, that strain, that struggle, that stress, that challenging circumstance, when you get through that with God's help, you become stronger and more valuable in the kingdom of God. Jacobed received an unparalleled blessing because of her faith. She was blessed in so many ways. Not only did her son Moses get to live, not only did he get to live, but he got to live in the palace with all the benefits of living in the palace. And then on top of that, God uses Moses as the man to free his people. So God takes the one that Pharaoh wanted to kill God puts him in a position where he gets to not only live, but live right under Pharaoh's nose in his house as one of his own. And then God uses Pharaoh, raises up, God uses Moses, raises up Moses to free his people from slavery. God, the blessing, the blessing that she received. Jochebed's other son, Levi, became the first high priest. Mary, uh, Miriam became the first prophetess. 
Her life was blessed because of her faith. We all go through challenges in life, but God can use those challenges to, 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 to change all those around us, to change our own lives. He will bless us if we will have faith during the difficulties of life, through, through the, all those rainy times of life. See, Jacobed's faithfulness allowed her to see things she could never see before. And I think, I think she also teaches us here that rain helps us grow. Rain helps us grow. And it not only helps us grow, but it leads you, it leads you and it leads me to a place we may have never gone otherwise. You think about it. When we go through difficulties in life, it leads us to places we may have never, never gone otherwise. God uses, God doesn't always inflict these things on us, but God uses things we inflict upon ourselves, what other people inflict upon us, what Satan inflicts upon us, and God does punish us sometimes, or God uses difficult circumstances, but all of them will go to one place ultimately, helping us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. If we just have faith that he can move. Robert Bolt wrote this, sometimes in tragedy we find our life's purpose. I love this, listen. The eye sheds a tear to find its focus. The eye sheds a tear to find its focus. Let me close with this uh, story. I'm going to read you this story. The famous blind songwriter Fanny Crosby wrote more than 8,000 songs. When Fanny was only six years old, a minor eye inflammation developed. The doctor who treated the case was careless, and she became totally and permanently blind. Fanny Crosby harbored no bitter against the physician. In fact, she once said of him, if I could meet him now, I would say thank you over and over again for making me blind. She felt that her blindness was a gift from God to help her write the hymns that flowed from her pen. According to those who knew her, Miss Crosby probably would have refused treatment even if it could have assured the restoration of her sight. Think about that. Fanny Crosby triumphed over hardship and used it to the glory of God. This talented woman allowed her tragedy to make her better, not bitter. When we, when we think of people who have faith in God and how God uses them to do extraordinary things, Helen Keller, who I absolutely love, once said, character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Let's bow our heads. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we recognize, Lord God, we have so much going on in our lives that is just overwhelming us. We walk in here with smiles on our faces. We're faking people out just by saying we are, oh, we're, we're good, everything's good, I feel good, everything's going fine, but in the reality, our hearts are breaking. We're overwhelmed. The suffering that we feel in our hearts, the, the challenges that we're facing physically, emotionally, spiritually, are weighing down on us. And so, Father, we ask you with all of our hearts, as a body, as one body coming together, we ask that you would minister to each one of us. 
wherever we are, in the brokenness of relationships, in the frustration over expectations that may have been unfulfilled in our lives, in tragedy that we faced in the past, the loss of someone we really care about, the abuse that we suffered at the hands of someone else. Father, all these things push down on us. I just pray, dear God, that you would lift them. Lord God, as each one of us can just, if we can just picture this in our minds, Lord, allow us to picture you just lifting all that weight off of our shoulders, reaching into the deepest places that we, where we hold on to those things dearly because we're so afraid to let them go. We're so afraid to talk about them. We're so afraid that we won't be able to handle it if they come out, Lord God. I pray that you would just take those things from us. Allow us the privilege of being surrounded by people who care about us enough to hear those, those horrible circumstances that we've faced and love us enough to pray for us and support us and love us through it. God, we all want to be where the rain ends. We all want to face a new day. And Lord God, that only happens as we are safe in your arms, held by you, strengthened by you. And so, Father, we give ourselves completely to you this morning and ask that you would do a miracle in our lives, that we be set free from all that keeps us bound. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great week.